Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning for all of those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Now, we know that even people in this area, some of them cannot be with us in person because of physical problems or maybe schedules that conflict with the times that we meet. But we know also that people in other parts of the country and literally around the world, they listen. They want to be in God's Word. They want to learn more from God's teachings, from the Scriptures themselves, from the Bible. And so, But obviously, because of where they live, they cannot be with us in person during our regular Bible classes and worship services. So we're thankful to be able to teach God's Word through the broad medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you're there and that you want to learn. And we're thankful that we're here and have the opportunity to help you learn more fully, more deeply, more completely what God's Word really teaches all of us. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, 6 o'clock, we're back together for another period of worship and Bible study. Wednesday evenings, 6.30 each Wednesday evening, midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. And our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Now, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, you can help somebody grow in their faith and come closer to God and maybe even get to heaven by getting them into these studies, teaching God's Word by sharing. We encourage you also to tell them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever, they will receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures, and a short, about a 13 or 14 minute usually Bible class every single day, seven days a week that we call simply today's Bible class. And again, all of that will be automatic. It will be free. It always will be free. So tell people and take advantage of it yourself. We're going to get back into our study in the short Old Testament book of Ruth. And we've worked our way through the early Old Testament books up to this point. Now, we've already gone through the first two chapters. And just by way of quick review, remember that Ruth... Uh, or rather, Naomi was the mother of two sons. There had come to be a famine in the land of Israel where she lived, or where they lived, and so they moved to Moab, outside of the borders of Israel. And in Moab, the two sons took Moabite women as their wives, and over a period of time, and apparently it was not all that long a period of time, first Naomi's husband died. Now, again, Naomi, her husband, the boys, they were all Jewish. The wives that, that the boys married, they were not from a Jewish background. And so they were from a background where idol worship was common. So 
but over a period of time, Naomi's husband died, and then her sons died. Now, as I emphasized, in that time, in that part of the world, in that culture of that day, in that part of the world, to be a widow was a tough, tough proposition. We, they did not have the social, the social programs to take care of widows and orphans that we have set up in our nation today. And I'm not saying by any means that what we have set up is always works as effectively as it needs to, but they did not have those kinds of social programs to take care of widows in distress and orphans who are basically left to fend for themselves. The widows had to, had to fend for themselves. They had to see to their own well-being. And so Naomi tells her daughters-in-law, it's time for you to go on back to your families, to your, to your home before from where you're from, from before you married my sons, because my husband is dead, both of my sons are dead, it's not likely that I'm ever going to raise, that I'm ever going to remarry and have children again, sons again of my own. And she was talking about, again, the culture of that day wherein if a, bro- if, if, if a husband died, then his brother could take his wife and raise up a son in the name of the dead husband. And Naomi says that's, that's not likely to happen. And even if I were able to bear more sons, look, you're grown women. How long would it take for them to grow up to be old enough to become your husbands? Would you wait that long? So anyway, she says, go back home. It's time for you to go back home. But Naomi obviously loved her daughters-in-law, and they obviously loved her because they cried. They wept. And, and one of them finally did give in and go start back home. But one of the others, Ruth, said, no, no, I'm not leaving you. And so we read that famous, that famous clip of Scripture in, in Ruth chapter 1, verse, beginning with verse 16. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And those particular, those particular statements of commitment to Naomi on the part of her daughter-in-law, Ruth, have been repeated in marriage vows countless times since then. We're talking about absolute commitment to one another. What a great statement. What a great, again, commitment voiced by Ruth for her her mother-in-law, but also for the one true God. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. Now, she's saying, I'm never going to leave you. We're never going to be separated. Well, then we looked at chapter 2. So Ruth 
or rather, Naomi leads her daughter-in-law, Ruth, back home, back into Israel, back to that part of Israel where her family or tribe had received their inheritance, and there's the famine's over, so there's food there now. And so what, what does Ruth do? Well, she goes into a field, it's harvest time, and this is part of the law of Moses, the Old Testament law of Moses, that widows could go into the fields following the harvesters. And if the harvesters, if some of whatever they were harvesting, whatever the crop was, if it fell on the ground behind them, they were to leave it on the ground for the widows to come and pick up because that would be their food. Now, they had to work for this. They were also supposed to leave the corners of the field unharvested and again, for the widows and the poor, both the widows and the poor, I believe. And that would, again, be food. They'd have to work for that. You see how different it is in our country today compared to what it was like back then. So, again, a widow in, in that part of the world at that time, in that culture, she, she really was up against it. And so here are two widows, Naomi and Ruth. So Ruth goes into the field, and it turns out that the owner of the field, he notices her, begins to talk to her, and he really takes care of her that day. He tells his, his men working for him, harvesting his crop, you know, leave her alone now, leave her alone. But he gives her extra. And so his name is Boaz, and it turns out when Ruth comes back after that day's work, and she shows her mother-in-law, Naomi, all that she has been able to gather. Naomi asked her, whose field did you work in? She said, man named Boaz. And Naomi said, basically, ah, what a blessing. He's one, of our, he's one of our kinsmen. We're related to him. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So we pick up with chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, Naomi saying to Ruth, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? Now, Boaz, whose young women you are with, is he not our relative? Now, when she's not asking Ruth for Ruth to tell her, Naomi is telling Ruth, he's our relative. In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself and put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down, then you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. So Ruth says, Everything you've told me to do, I'm, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to, I'm going to obey you. Now, all of this sounds strange to us in our, by, by our culture and customs today. But Naomi is simply going through motions here to set in order the way that Boaz, their kinsman, part of their, one of their relatives, can ultimately take Ruth to be his wife. Okay? So... Verse 6, so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. 
And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And see, they're still going through the harvest period here. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. And it, now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. At his feet. Now, not up to, by his side, but at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown me more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. So Boaz must have been somewhat older than Ruth, and that probably would have been fairly common, again, in the culture of that day. But, but he's touched. He's, he's impressed. You didn't go after young men, whether they were rich or poor. You, you're showing me preference here. And again, it, it, we're, we're talking about a custom that is difficult for us to fully, <laughs> fully wrap our minds around, perhaps. But all of this was going through the motions, going through the process of getting to the point where Boaz could actually take Ruth as his wife being a relative of hers. Now, we have laws in our country, uh, probably in most states, that, that certainly first cousins are not supposed to marry first cousins because we're looking, we're looking at the, the gene pool and so on. But, but, you know, such was not in place in the culture of that day in that period of time. We're talking about thousands and thousands of years removed from us. Okay, so we come back to chapter chapter 3. Verse 9, uh, I'm sorry, verse 10. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end, of, at, at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. And so uh, Ruth has a reputation. Naomi had a reputation. And he says, all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now, it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. And so now Boaz is respecting the law of Moses. He's respecting the culture of that day. And he says, it's true. Now, you're, you're offering yourself to become my wife, and you kind of get a sense that, that he's somewhat, at least somewhat receptive to this idea at this time. But he says, but I, I cannot act now on my own. There is one relative closer to you than I in the bloodline. Okay. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, in other words, marry you, good. Let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman who came 
do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And so he's, he's I think, probably protecting her, her virtue here, her reputation. Okay, verse 15, also he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. Now here he gives her more food. He's showing preferential treatment to her in taking care of her food needs. But it would not just be food for Ruth. It would be food for her mother-in-law, Naomi, who was an even closer relative to Boaz. Okay. So verse 17, as we close the chapter, and she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me. I'm sorry, go back to verse 16. Uh, When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me. For he said to me, do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. And so Naomi is assuring her daughter-in-law, Ruth, just be calm, be patient, because this man, Boaz, our relative, he's going he's to take care. He's going to go through the process, and he's going to do it quickly to make this matter ultimately come to its fulfillment. Now, Boaz is going to go to this other relative who is closer in, again, in the bloodline, in the, in the relationships to Ruth and Naomi than he is. And so he respects that part of the law, that part of the, the, of, of the custom and the culture. And so he's going to go through the process. We'll see how that plays out next time as we close this particular short book in the fourth chapter, the book of Ruth. Let's pray. Father, your word is so enlightening to us, and it's so encouraging, and it bears your righteousness from beginning to end, and your power and your glory. Thank you for giving us the Bible to guide us in the best life that a human being can live on this earth, a life of faithfulness and dedication and faith in you and your Son and the Holy Spirit. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor, and the thanks. And Father, we also ask you, please, please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.